Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. All right, so question for you. Is the official away team of the pod the Baltimore Orioles? Yes. Are we going to split hairs here? I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I've developed a soft spot for them over accidentally seeing them several times. And watching them lose a lot of those times. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> no, no. Not, this so we saw, we saw two, at least part of two games well, I, this weekend. I, <laughs> Orioles and Tigers. I got, part I got of, nine and a third of. innings in, but <laughs> you... <laughs> you got nine out of third innings. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Orioles, no, I guess, Orioles I guess, and Tigers. I guess I got ten innings in. Ten innings, yeah. yeah. Orioles and Tigers. Um, good to see some real baseball and AAA-ish teams playing. Oh, come on, quadruple-A. Quadruple-A-ish teams. Uh, we saw more guys with sub-200 batting average on the field than I have ever seen at an MLB game. Yeah, I wish I hadn't owned so many of them. <laughs> I know. I know. That's... That's kind of the sad part. Anyway, first real baseball game in a while felt very good. Felt really weird, yeah. Good in a weird way. Yeah, really, really fun to go to a baseball game. You know, I always, I always know that it's really fun. And you, you know, you've been a real, real baseball game guy for at least a few years. Gone to a lot, throwing out some first pitches. You know, the usual. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> all, all the usual. Though I gotta say, we did not get a picture with whatever the Tigers' name is. <sighs> I was regretting that today as well but uh no it was, it was a good time i think if you're if you're out there and you're listening to the pod and you haven't been to a baseball game yet this year you gotta go but let's get to the big story from the weekend in my opinion oh yeah here it is albert pujols uh he was is he was he the oldest oldest cardinals pitcher in the game yesterday or is wainwright older because wainwright started that game <laughs> don't know yeah they came up at around the same time they did so but albert pujols first pitching appearance um in the mlb gives up two home runs not too bad <laughs> In this day and age, about par for the course. So this, I mean, this proliferation though of of position players pitching, we we need to do some analysis of this. I think. I mean, do we? Do is there any analysis that we really need to do? I mean, they no. But if if you could predict when it's going to happen, I mean, they have a markedly worse ERA, right? Than than any pitcher. Like pick pick your worst Orioles pitcher that we saw. And Albert Pujols has so a worse many. ERA than him, right? <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, there it moves the needle to have a position player pitching, right? It does change. I mean, it does change the, um, yeah, because I mean, some of those middle reliever guys that have started to be a little bit more valuable are then immediately not valuable because they're not coming in and just grabbing, yeah, you know, grabbing two Ks and uh, just one, two, three inning. Yeah, because because nobody cares, so they're they're in, the managers are injecting this element of caring by putting out a position player, but you're actually being used in high leverage situations. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want Brock Burke. I don't oh, want Brock Burke yeah. going in there in a high leverage yeah. situation. I want him to strike out the side in a who cares game. 
Right, when it's 15 to 2, yeah. who cares? Exactly. Because he's still, right. No, but seriously, staying on this, because he wants the job, right? So he's going to go out there in exactly. that game. He's going to strike out those three guys. Versus yes. the closer coming into the game, who's going to let up, the dude's going to do the same thing that uh, Pujols did. So the thought process here is like, well, we're not going to put um, Iglesias in mm-hmm. to get the three three outs right now because why? He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be here. He's not even supposed to be here mm-hmm. today. Throw Pujols out there to do it. My point is just that I'm wondering from a fantasy tools perspective if there's if we can quantify how likely it is that we'll see a position player pitching for any team. Because I think that I think there is actionable fantasy information Fine. there. Oh, for the opposing player? Probably well, either one. Probably more so from a daily fantasy perspective, but still, you know, we should think about it at least on some level. Is there any way to predict that that was going to happen on mm. average? I mean, there's gotta be some there's some propensity for managers, right? Like Chicago Cubs, <laughs> David Ross, they're more likely to do this than other teams. Used to be. So is it enough that we should downweight middle relievers for the Cubs? Yeah, it is. Good point. Just some food for thought. That said, I love seeing Pujols out there oh, personally. Man. It was it was painful. He took a little while to he took a little while to warm up. Find the strike I mean, zone. He, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I like seeing a good softball style arc on some pitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, so, some position players actually go out there and try to try to throw hard. Pujols was like extreme batting practice. Yeah, I saw an Eduardo Escobar where he, he yeah. came up and it was like I they were like having a hard time classifying what the pitches were. I was like, I don't know, he knows what that is, but he's wanted to do this. <laughs> All right, today on the pod we are gonna look at some plate appearance predictions. We've made some strong claims about how important plate appearances are and predicting plate appearances for fantasy value. So it's worth just peeking. Seeing how we're doing. Okay. Let's check in. I like it. This is going to be maybe a little anticlimactic. I mean, I did get to the end in the sense that I have real comparisons for you. You finished. I did. I, I didn't get lost. You know, I... Uh, Dear listener, there is... There is... This is some little bit of side eye there. I love it. I got to keep going. Keep going. I did have to solve some scraping tech issues, as you always do. Every time. As one has to do when putting together any tool. Well, there's a thing that I've been kicking around for a while that I was finally like, I I have to solve this, which is for a given player on a given team, how many games has actually been played by that team. So you can't just scale the number of games a player's appeared in by 162. You have to actually check, okay, how many games has this freaking team played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's a and so I finally, I finally automated that. So that's in like a, in like a, a consistent workflow. This is never going to be a problem again mm-hmm. type of way. So I actually feel really good about that's good. that. That's good. I actually, like that. It's like a huge tech improvement. Those are those me. things where it's like, I have the shortcut. It works. It's fine. And it's like, oh, it's the 80-20 rule, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have the shortcut. It works pretty well and then you finally get down to it's like it doesn't work well enough for the thing that i want to do fine let's roll up the sleeves let's make this thing happen let's actually account for it It was a new function it is well because i I looked i looked in the spot that i thought it existed and i was like this is bad doesn't it's not here so I, i actually feel really good about that because it enables a bunch of things actually looking forward 
it finally enables the real rest of season predictions that I've been eager to okay. do because it gives you a couple of things. It gives you, first of all, how frequently is this guy appearing on average? And then it gives you the ability to look at, okay, how many games does this team actually have left? Mm-hmm. So one thing, one guy that came up and I won't talk about is like Ramon Laureano is a guy where he's only played a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Please, he just didn't play the first month of the season. Do you have any clue what's going on? No. <laughs> Obviously, he's finishing out a PED suspension. But, I don't know how they got uh, there. Horny goat weed from the gas station, you know? Just... <laughs> he's only appeared in seven games so far, but you pretty much assume that he's going to play every-ish game the rest of the way. Yeah. So it's actually important to keep track of things like that. Um, so we're, we're actually set mm-hmm. to be able to do some analysis. I also continued working on automating the lineup updater. So you can take a look at our webpage again for lineups 2022 and just see that see how Back. things have been going we're you know 35 games in for most of these teams uh things are pretty stable things are pretty set <laughs> at this point so you know I mean, it is what it is in some ways that's unfortunate for me because most of the guys well, seem most of the guys that i'm waiting for to do something pretty clear they're not if they're look, if they're not doing it yet, they're not going to. Do it. <laughs> so 30, thirty-five games, thirty-five games in, uh, but we we have teams trotting out new lineups. You know, you look at the first appeared, um, the Angels, still trotting out new lineups these days. <laughs> well, Taylor, Ward, not Tyler, Taylor. Why not? It's bad really first? bad that they're on the same. It's really bad that they're on the same it's team, right? Just Taylor Ward, Tyler, Tyler Wade. Wade. We're going to talk about both of them yeah. actually in a little no, bit. Um, of course, second on this list of not very similar uh or last time that <laughs> trying out new lineups recently the twins obviously it's it's sort of working you know who's got a consistent lineup detroit well when you're playing just for Mickey records yeah it's gonna be consistent <laughs> you, may, you may as well you may as well uh yeah so i mean always good stuff in the batting order breakdown but um let's go back to what we're really striving for right now which is thinking about plate appearance predictions and i have an aggregate plot for you that shows that we are doing pretty well so how did i make this i took our preseason plate appearance predictions with all of those assumptions baked in you know go back to the early pods where we talked about um how we made these which is extremely basic this year <laughs> essentially a it's it's more or less a three-year average with a little bit of waiting uh and we i just compared to the the on track and i'm actually blown away at how how well we're doing i mean the vast majority of guys are within 10 percent of their prediction yeah I mean, this is That's remarkably peaked around average like it, it has it has a width i'd expect this width to get a little bit narrower as the season goes on yeah so it's <laughs> a, asymmetric for obvious reasons, right? Because the under. asymmetric to the yeah, asymmetric, so it's asymmetric to the side where we over predicted, or guys are, well, it's it's hard to say if it's really over predicting or if it's just these guys are just hurt. I think they were expect. underestimating injuries. Yes, I think that it's not over predicting. It's probably underestimating. But this is this is why most people say that when they're predicting, when they're doing predictions, they put it through the machine, and then they spot adjust. You know, they let the machine do something, and then they will do a teeny bit of tinkering with things that they know. Like, this guy pissed off his manager. We can obviously fix things like the Tatis prediction, right? So injuries are very easy for us to go in and be like, mm, okay, subtract 
uh, 14 games times three plate appearances from that because they're on the IL, right? Like it's, it's easy to do things like that. And we could do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the kind of spot, you know, spot instantaneous check that we need. I'm not sure. But I'm actually going to talk to you about the, uh, the potential diamonds in the rough guys that are on the good side of the curve. So the guys that are the guys that are getting way more plate appearances than we expected, that potentially have some untapped value if they're not owned. And this is where Taylor Ward and Tyler Wade <laughs> appear on the list, which is pretty amazing. Two angels. We know why David Fletcher hasn't played a lick this year. You got that right. You got that right. So I highlighted, I gave you the whole list here of everybody who is over double on track for essentially double their plate appearance total. Um, their play appearance prediction. And I, I highlighted a few here. I mean, guys that I have either looked at on the waiver wire and turned my nose up at. Uh, no, actually, that's literally all the guys that I highlighted. <laughs> like, I turned my nose up at Daniel Vogelbach, but he's on track for 564 plate appearances now. I, I mean, that's... The FBI team knows it. You can't ignore that. That's anything over 500 on this list, you cannot ignore. No, 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 you can't. You can't ignore that because that's, that's a real player contributing. Yes, no matter what. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Jorge Mateo, a guy that I used to own for a while, and on track for 550 plate appearances. We originally only predicted him for 169. Like that needs a big adjustment. Yeah, his value, preseason value, needs a big adjustment. Adalas Garcia, well, that's another guy. We should have had that a better one, but I think that shows you the limitations of of going last three years and waiting. So you you would have put him over six hundred plate appearances. I okay. Well, no, no, no. Blindly, I I would have put him at a point where th- this would have been flagged in here. Sure, blindly I would have said four twenty ish. Nice. I mean, <laughs> nice. I don't know. It just popped out. <laughs> just like what's a number? It just popped into my head. Yeah. That, that, this, that, but some, that, something where it's like he probably plays two thirds of the games. You know? Right. That's, That's what I would have said. Predicted. I would have said right in there. And. It, 420 to 485 kind of range. So that wouldn't have been flagged here. But, yeah, I mean, it's still 657 is a lot higher. 657 does still seem pretty high. But A guy that um, – a whole lineup, actually, that I've been interested in this whole year is this is the Mariners lineup. Abraham Toro appearing on here, up for 532 plate appearances. I mean, a guy that – I'm interested in the, in the Mariners lineup because Adam Frazier is topping it. Um, and he's a guy that either is going to be great or he's going to be just cons- – continue to be bad it's just gonna continue to, yeah just being there is that's pretty good that's a pretty good start ty france adam frazier jesse winker i know and and abraham toros in is in that lineup it's an i mean it's an interesting lineup they should be doing better they have julio rodriguez they have jp crawford i mean it's kind of a fun lineup but they're not putting it together jared clinic yeah well i'm not gonna you know, what am i gonna do you want me to Cal Rayleigh? I don't know. I don't know who Cal Rayleigh is. Who's that guy? Rayleigh or Raleigh? Cal Raleigh. Can you tell me anything about no, Cal Raleigh? I cannot. Okay. All right. Thank I you. I like his bikes. <laughs> Good bikes. Catcher. Anybody? Anybody on this list that I didn't highlight that you're interested in? Obviously, we messed up on. I messed up on Cedric Mullins. Right. That's a three-year average limit. You knew he was going to play. Hmm. Yeah, Cedric Mullins, you had him as 282. It's 722. 722 is a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge one. you got to – I mean, but everybody owed Cedric Mullins. You kept Cedric Mullins, He's right? Stru- he is struggling, but still producing well, to an extent. But why, but why would you, you – I mean, we knew this last year, right, that you 
we knew this last year that you couldn't expect his last year production this year. No, no, but I was in. It's not really in the way that I would expect it. Like I was expecting the the average to stay, and that the. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess he's finally Power gotten drops. back. Yeah, he's gotten back on the on the average piece to two two sixty. That's fine. So he's on pace for twenty three home runs, twenty eight stolen bases, two sixty average, ninety runs, new one RBI. So that's a fine player. Um, that's fine. We saw him. He didn't we really didn't. light up the light up the field. I mean, any anybody over seven hundred plate appearances has to be owned. <laughs> there's oh, yeah, just, yeah, there's yeah. no yeah. there's nothing else you can do. I mean, I would I would say that really anyone over six hundred plate appearances needs to be owned, which of which there's only a couple guys on this list. Darren Ruff. I want to know on Ben Gamble. Like, do we really believe this? Is this the is this Gamble time? Um. I well okay multiple pirates on this list right yeah. Vogelbach leading off Which, Ben Gamble pushed down the pirates lineup he's he's batting typically batting sixth oh did he get pushed I, I actually yeah. I don't really believe it I don't I don't love it um, but again so many plate appearances what do you do you, you have to assume that he's you have to assume that there's value there so you're kind of of the no he's not really he's not a thing. Even on that terrible team, he's not. He's. I don't think so. Moving the wrong direction. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't want a pirate who's batting after Bird. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I mean, that, that's why I picked Daniel Vogelbach to highlight instead of Ben Gamble because Daniel Vogelbach, first of all, not a typical leadoff, leadoff hitter. No, but still hitting leadoff for that team, and and because of that, smoke him while you got I him. I think because he's. I think because he's not a typical leadoff hitter, I find there to be like extra fun value there. Oh yeah. Like, why is this guy leading off? This is so weird. Yeah, it was like Schwarber leading up. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's exactly like that. You look like you look down this list of leadoff guys that we have, and you're like, some of these are not like the other. Yeah. Yeah, like compared to you know, Cedric Mullins. That works. Gene Segura <laughs> getting old. Merrifield. But yeah. it still works. Um but yeah, Whit Merrifield. But even Robbie Grossman is like, you've watched him, right? Well, well, well yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a profile, and I'm just saying Daniel Vogelbach uh, would have would have broken the scale. Yeah, I've looked at his profile, and it doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's okay. all there is. But good for good for good for Daniel Vogelbach. My takeaway from my takeaway from this exercise is that I'm actually surprised at how convergent these numbers were. I honestly thought they would be Way further off. off. I honestly thought that we would I would really need to go through a rescaling exercise of all of our predictions, but we really don't. I mean, it, we're really within ten ish percent. So for we, most but, guys well, we got to see the whole. We got to watch this whole season, right, to see if that's true. Because this is let's just think of this as like we still are not. This is week twenty seven of last season. Or is this <laughs> yeah. a whole new season? Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I think at 35 games, which is where we're at roughly now, I think we're in a new season. But we're, I think maybe, well, when do the, the rookies can start coming up and it was not going to penalize, penalize them on eligibility? It's going to be mid June. So that's going to be. A little, it's a little while, first of June. When they yeah. start abusing um, double A and triple A players. Well, it, it is true that actually you should expect with injuries to start seeing more guys creep towards the negative side of this asymmetric mm-hmm. distribution. So that's a thing for us to keep track of. Yeah. 
is that guys will start guys will naturally start to move to the left on here. We really should do a little injury look and see like how many of those are injury related. Uh, most of them. No, no, no. Honestly. I mean, like we should actually like already... quantify it and put it. Sure, I can. Okay, I can do that because I, I made the names. I was trying to decide: do we want to do over or under prediction? And I was like, ugh, the under is so sad because <laughs> it's like. Mm-hmm. No, no, we want. Like, no, you did. This what, guy was. You did what like, we wanted. This guy to. was suspended. Uh, <laughs> Fernando Tatis is out. Ronald Acuna Jr. is out. Like, hmm, why? Why did we miss on three of our top predictions? <laughs> yeah, they missing lots of time. Exactly. All righty then. I think that about brings us to the review session. Aaron Bleepinola. A guy that you've intermittently had a soft spot for and absolutely hated. I think he feels the same way about me. Here's what's here's what's remarkable about Aaron Nola is that his his year his numbers this year look very similar to his career average. So he's this year, well, except for he's he's one for four. Not not great. Sorry about that. Eight starts. Uh, 3.64 ERA. He's pitched 47 innings. A uh, little, you know, so over six, almost six innings in outing. Um, he's got 55 strikeouts in that and a .98 whip. The whip has historically pretty been pretty darn good. I mean, even the years when he's his ERA creeps up, his uh, absolutely his no, whip I is good. He's he's a surprising pitcher. I mean, so his career 1,200 strikeouts on 1070 innings pitched. That's pretty solid. And that's that's at workhorse territory. He I mean well and it's also good. So he's what, twenty eight? He hit the ground running. It feels like he's been here for a while. Um he he joined the Phillies and started producing, you know. So he's just been around. Yeah. He's but he's always he's perpetually that guy who's in the like is he an ace? No. Is he high end number two? Yeah, ish. I think I think he's this. I mean, in fantasy perspective, in a standard league, he's the number one, number two. No, the number one, number two. Yeah, who does work for? <laughs> I know. Uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of honestly how I view him. You know, he's he's got good numbers, but he's not he's not the guy that you definitely don't want to build your pitching staff around him. No, that's a weak staff. Yeah, exactly. If if you're if you're if Aaron Nola is your ace, you're implicitly building a slightly weaker staff than average. Well, the funny thing is, like, yes, I, I think that's true, and I think in in some forms it's worse than in others. If you're in TGFBI and you just slot that sucker mm-hmm. in there and just be like, mm-hmm. okay, I know that there are going to be some good outings, there are going to be some great outings, there are going to be some bad outings. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember you had that you had that tool which took random distributions from like career. And then put slammed them together and showed how like yeah. a, a a good player could be bad and a bad bad player could be good and with that yeah well think about that with Aaron Nola all the time like you could you could get a Cy Young pitcher over the last bunch of years by just randomly pl- picking games from the distribution exactly because he's got a real normal distribution on his starts. <laughs> But his, but the thing about him is that the other thing, one of the other things that's really valuable for a TGFBI perspective, and I agree that he's actually very valuable in TGFBI. A lot more. He's going to make thirty starts. He's going to make thirty yep. starts. Yeah. And because he's got that really broad distribution of outcomes per game, <laughs> you just got to leave him you in just there. Leave him in there over You're the course like, of the well, season. What over the course of the season last year, you got two hundred twenty-three Ks. You get almost ten wins, one point one three WHIP. That's awesome. 
And the pro- problem in head to head is like for a given week, yeah. you might not need his 12, like a 12 K outing from him. You might really need him to just not have a four ERA that week. And he can't well, do it. I mean, that's a question of, it's a question of like in a head to head is Grinky who has no K's, but typically doesn't blow up versus Nola. You know, what, what gives you more, what gives you more utility to win? In a given week, I mean, I'd rather have Nola in that situation. Okay, but you, but if, but what you're really saying is it's, it's, it's Nola versus Grinky plus whatever else you had in that, you know, to get both of those. Right, because you got because you drafted Grinky five rounds after you drafted Nola. <laughs> yeah, but Grinky, if you could, if you tell me that at the end of the year they're going to have the same win total, I okay, that's our over under actually. I mean, that's I. I mean, you tell me. I I would in that situation, I would pick Granky in a heartbeat for more wins, and I'll even give you end of season because Nola's at one win, and that's like pretty bad. It's but he only insane. had nine wins last year. He only had nine wins last year. I know that's he only not had nine. Good for someone who had two hundred twenty Ks and a one point one eight whip. Not... It's like how did that? How does that happen? Um, here, let me look at this. Fine, we didn't think this was gonna. Oh, so I'm spotting you one win. Because Grinky has none. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that because I, 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 I don't think that Grinky's going to have more wins. You'd have to, you'd have to spot me two who's, wins. Okay, who's going to have the better ERA at the end of the season? Grinky. So if we, if we did a, if we did a three category year, so strikeouts is boring because obviously Nola's going to crush Grinky. Wins, ERA, WHIP, Grinky versus Nola. Who do you pick? Wind, ERA, whip. I, I mean, I, I still, I think, still think that Nola has more chance to get those. I'll take, I will take Grinky against that. Okay, you think that out of those three? Okay, I think out of those three, Grinky can steal two. I don't know which two. I mean, if I if I had to guess, I would say ERA and wins. On pace for zero wins, Grinky is right now. <laughs> <laughs> I. I understand. He's on pace. Wait, his on pace numbers are ridiculous. We've spent way too much time talking about Granky, and this is why. Don't talk about him. Yeah, two hundred innings, seventy three Ks. <laughs> These are his on pace numbers. Zero wins. I don't think that he's going to get. Zero. I'd just also like to say on Nola that he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, it's if you're actually watching him and you own him, that's what mm-hmm. really infuriates you because mm-hmm. it's like he's doing well, doing well, and then the ball's gone. He's gone. He's He's pretty cold on max exit velocity, and I feel that when I watch him. Like, whoo, that ball was hit hard. <laughs> yeah, and they can. They can connect with it. I, I don't know why. Oh, which pitch it is. Which pitch is his? I think it's his fastball. I mean, his fastball is relatively slow, and it's always been relatively slow. Because he's a two-seamer. He's got a two-seam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do we want to say? I, I, I don't know how, how much to say. It's like, yeah, we... Well, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him off the Phillies. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> you know, you know what he looks like to me, what Yankee. I see him and I'm like, that's the kind of guy that like, when the Yankees finally pull up their pants and and like put together a real rotation and steal a couple of players from the East Coast. I think I totally agree. Once you shave his beard, he looks like a full on Yankee. Yeah, she has had he's a li- he's, a couple times. He's a little scruffy. He's typically a little scruffy. 
your random videos are, are, are showing you that. A little scruff, yeah. But you, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's part of it is that his promise was so high. Like it, it, it seemed like, cause he came into the league young and it seemed like, okay, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. They gave him so much leash. He's always been at the Phillies. I mean, I really, that's part of what I mean about getting him off the Phillies. I just think he'd be better on a different team. Yeah. Well, to be fair, to be fair to him. And part of this is he has a terrible defense behind him. Terrible defense behind him. And his, is his bad, is his Babbitt bad? His FIP is 3.53, fielding independent. Yeah, yeah. XFIP is 2.69 right now. Last year, his FIP was 3.37. His ERA was 4.63. Hmm. Hmm. He's a two-seam fastball is a a pitch. It's going to have a lot of ground balls. 40.5% of his pitches are... uh, 40.5% is his ground ball. For an infield that's not very good, I mean, come on, Gene Segura Gene is Segura. out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bad if both of our minds immediately were like, Gene Segura. <laughs> Babip against him last year was 3 0. That's not really, that's not where you want your starter to be. That's not, that's not him. The, the, bat, the batting average of balls in play is not. No, I, I, I get it. I'm just saying. Oh, you're saying, I thought you were saying that's not, you're, you're saying it's him, but you're saying. That's not where you want him to be. Is in front of a defense that would let you have a three point yeah three oh eight exactly. Against. This year is not that much better. Two seventy three. That's it's not. That's not horrible. That's that can be. Well, but that's the thing, well, right? His ERA is is a point lower right now. Oh, it's true. Okay, so let's check in on this later in the season. That's the thing to keep an eye on for sure. But I think it really screws up a guy because if if you go up there and you're like, I don't trust any of these clowns behind me. I'm gonna have to strike out a couple extra guys. That's when you're gonna go for your stuff, and it's gonna be the kind of stuff mm-hmm. where you get frustrated. You're gonna leave something out over the plate, and it's gonna get hit for a home run because you're you're gonna get more guys struck out, but you're gonna have some bad results. I agree. So I think I don't know why didn't they grab your shortstop? <laughs> Great question. Who are we doing next week, Mike? We're gonna go ahead and talk, jump on the bandwagon, and talk about Nestor Cortez. Now this is, this is the man who played in the twenties with Babe and Lou. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Okay. Good old Nestor. Good. I like historical stuff. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Mayor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again. Mine is Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.